What's up, guys? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Salt Mines, featuring Pooch via cell phone and just Pooch. Switch found a way to get lost with a GPS in New York City. We discussed the Midwest, commentary and production value, Smash and Splash Tree, and then a short Q&A. The Salt Mine starts right now. My roommate, my roommate hooked it up. We're good. The audio's good. All right. Okay. So, um, welcome to Salt Mines, Season 2, Episode 2. Uh, I have one guest on right now, and then there's a chair here Hi, for the talk. other guest. But I'll introduce the first one that's actually here. This is Pooch. Hey, what's going on? I, I'm Pooch. Yeah, fuck you. You, you. you already know who I am. Don't, Pooch. don't play this game. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not used to oh, it. Oh, Oh, God, your internet. No, um, so... You good? Yeah, yeah, you're great. You just held it up toward the sun, right? There you go. Good good move. Okay, so if you guys <laughs> missed last you. week <laughs> if you guys missed last week, there's been a couple changes to salt mines, uh more toward the production quality stuff. So bottom left right now, you can actually see what the topic is, what we're talking about, and what the future uh or what the upcoming topics are. And then another thing to look into is uh, we have Twitter in- integration with the hashtag SMQA. Uh, you can go ahead and basically bring up a topic. Maybe we talked about something and you're like, hey, that's a really good point, but you didn't touch this. Or I have a question about X, Y, and Z. You can just hashtag it that. If Jobo, which is doing our production stuff in the background, thinks it's a really good point, he'll go ahead, post it up on the stream live, and we'll be able to go ahead and uh, address it. If you guys haven't noticed, um, Switch is missing right now. He's getting body bagged by New York City traffic. Uh, he'll be here soon, though, uh, I think, I hope. And um, we're just going to go ahead and just start talking about this week's episode. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the growth in the Midwest, a scene that was basically, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, like it was like five feet under. It was about to go the extra foot. And then out of nowhere, like the... <laughs> A little bit of a resurgence, and I, I would love for you to just kind of go through it. Let us know what happened. Like, what changed? How did, how did it come by? I mean, I guess we could start with the whole five-foot-under part, um, because that's more so Chicago's scene in general compared to, like, the rest of the Midwest. I guess Wisconsin's still kind of there. But um, so I had those, like, lengthy posts, on the, the lengthy text posts, like the I Am Disciplined and all that shit a couple years ago and all that. Uh, the transition from 3.0 to 3.5 was a heavy hit to Chicago uh, and kind of most regions. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, three point in, from 3.5 and 3.0 uh, combined with Smash 4 and with uh, uh, just kind of multiple organizations trying to run too many events uh, as well as a venue switch for EXP, uh, which increased venue cost. Uh, ended up kind of tanking the scene for uh, for Project M in Chicago. We went from, you know, on a really good Wednesday um, in 3.0 where we'd get like 70 people. Uh, we were starting to get like, uh, it was like 12 at a time or sometimes we were even under 10. Like if you got first place, you broke even for money, which is kind of ridiculous. So all that happens, uh, I move away to Dallas for a year. So I'm kind of out of the loop on what's happening, but six or well, eight months prior, about eight months prior before that, uh, before me moving, uh, 
a gaming place called Wit Gaming Lounge opens up in Aurora, uh, which is closer to the suburbs, uh, you know, and attracts a lot of high school kids. We have a really young scene now. Um, and right now, like, that's taken off since then. Uh, really big for Melee, really big for Project M. Uh, every week we go, we can get anywhere from, like, High 20s to, like, mid-30s is our average. Like, we, we have a pretty healthy average uh, for our weekly events. And we have a strong player base now. Like, uh, in 3.0 days, we had a pretty solid team for Chicago. 3.5, 3.6, it was kind of like, oh, here's Ripple and no one else. Uh, and now um, top five in Illinois is Ripple, Drug Free Chew, The Game & Watch, who, if you haven't heard about him yet, you'll probably start hearing about him more and more. Um, um, then it's me at third, um, but I, I suck, but I'm getting better. Hey, um, and then Did you just lose to wild fourth is, I lost to wild in one fucking set and I beat him in winners. Fuck. I don't know, man. You were just, also, you, you said you're getting better and now you're dropping sets to people. You've never dropped sets there. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm, you, I'm just, you don't, you don't I'm getting better, but wild is fucking like no, no, no. Like you don't understand how good that guy's gonna fucking be in the next year. Like he will probably be the definitive Sonic player. I find it hilarious that you only lag when you start to curse. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you start going on your angry rant, you just start to lag. No, it's not. It's almost not angry. Oh, like you don't get how good Wild's gonna be. He's definitely, like, definitely the number one prospect in Illinois right now. Like he's tenth on the PR ranking. He's he took it like he played at Bounty Hunters this last weekend, and I was there. We both tied for ninth, uh, the highest placing players from Illinois out of eight of us. Which eight people going out to a Michigan event for a weekend for a one day attorney is not too bad, considering it's a five hour drive. So, like, we're, we're getting better about that, too. That's a huge thing with Midwest growth. Um, my teammate, Nave, uh, you'll see him at Big Valk. He's a zero-seat player. Also another really, really good prospective player. Uh, I'm excited to see where he'll be going in the next few months as far as his individual skill in singles. Uh, he is Greek and has a big family, you know, Mediterranean. You know how that goes. Um, he has such a big family that his family has a 15-passenger van. And we call it the E-Van. Evan's van. The Midwest and he, dude, he fucking, he's like, all right, uh, you guys want to go to this? And he's like, if I get eight or more people, I'll go to this. And we're just like, okay, here we go. And so we've, well, I've been out of the state, like, or I've been within region out of the state, like six or seven times in the past two, two and a half months, which is like really good. Um, like, the fact that we have that access to travel now, and we're talking more and more, like, uh, I'm talking more and more with Michigan TOs, and I'm going to talk to Swanner about it and stuff like that. Uh, big shots to Swanner. He's pretty much the head organizer of events tournaments outside of, like, WIT in Illinois. Uh, he's going to be my head TO, or my co-TO for uh, Smash and Splash. Hell of a guy. Very big on the logistics. Does a lot of statistics stuff for us, too. Um but yeah, we're we're starting to talk more with uh, Vale and Cavandre and Dirt Boy and everybody to try and get um, 
more incentive for like carpool discounts and things like that to get Michigan to come down here and to get Illinois to go up there. Um, the legendary XYK uh, will literally be like, hey, I'm fucking bored. Is there a tournament going on at anywhere within a six-hour drive of me? And if anyone says yes, he just gets in his fucking car and goes. So, like, uh, and sometimes he'll bring Soul Patch and now Curbsy, the, the new Lucario main, uh, who has been playing apparently since February, but he also, he already has, like, a nuts punish game. Like, he's crazy. So, like, we're getting all these prospective players coming out of nowhere. Or not coming out of nowhere, but they're coming out of the woodwork finally, and they're starting to travel, which is something I bitched at the Midwest about for years now. Uh, so with travel comes growth. We're all improving. We're all making each other improve. We want to see that improvement. And the overall mindset of our player base is starting to get a lot stronger. Um, well, I, I don't think many got, of us. I got to see Wild play. Um, obviously, that's Shuffle. I played him a little bit on net play too, mm-hmm. but the shuffle was before. And I remember the uh, the ditto he did with good, where like they're in the crew battle, where people were just like, it looked like the oh. task video with the fox and Falco going underneath the stage and like just going nuts. Um, and uh, another player I got to watch that was really sick was uh, Tech Boy, like the the like the fourteen year old prodigy. Tech Boy, he made it to grand finals at Bounty Hunters. He double eliminated Panther, and then he had to play Ice Climbers versus Malachi's Peach, so he got fucked. But, like... Wow, shit, fucking Switch! Switch went to the wrong house. Um, Yo, yeah. I'm gonna let you guys know right now that... Um, if, if he put 1355 East 82nd... Yeah, I don't think Switch is making for this show. Just letting you guys know right now. I'm pretty sure Switch so, is in the middle of Manhattan after some really awful things happened today in Manhattan. He's not making it. So just enjoy the show. It's just me and Pooch. Oh. I'm going to move this chair over. I'm going to move this chair over right here. I'm going to get comfortable in my own home. Oh, man. Let me deep. I'm gonna lean back, and we're just gonna talk. We're just gonna, yo. This is what we were dreaming about anyway. We didn't need, we didn't need him. We didn't need him. We're gonna relax. We're just, we're dating right now. E date. So switch the stream over. What I need to ask you is like, did something fundamentally change, or is it just an influx of like super young players that are more willing to do the crazy things that like old people like me, like traveling six hours for a small tournament, not a shot. I can't. Like, I can't, my body can't hold up. I need my, like, my milk in the morning. Really rough. But, like, I guess 17-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid, just, like, I'm willing to travel where the hell in a 15-person van, even though it, it sounds sketch. Is that is that basically what happened? Um, well, I'll th- let's just go over, let's go over the people who went to Bounty Hunters this past weekend in their ages. We had me for my 21st birthday. Fuck yeah, hell yeah. Uh, didn't even get that fucked up. Kind of disappointing. Uh, Wild, who is 31. Nave, who I believe is 22. Seacard, uh, who is 24. So, like, we're, like there was only one okay. person who wasn't yet. We were, we were all in our early or mid-20s, and then Wild's 31. Like, it's not, it's not an age thing so much as it is um, we've – I guess, yeah, it's just a fundamental change in our mentality. Uh, 
for a long time, it would just be one of those things where we got dominated by Kells whenever he entered, or oh, really, uh, or Ripple if he ever drove up, which is kind of a far drive. Um, so it, it was one of those things where it's just like, ah, I can fight for second, maybe, haha, <laughs> but like, no one ever felt like they could win. Uh, I know when I moved back, I started taking sets off of a really first time, pretty much. Like, uh, at the end of the ranking season this year for spring, and it's the reason I'm above him, I actually had uh, had a winning record over him. But, like, and our career record is, like, he has, like, 24 wins to my seven, if that's an example of, like, how weird that is. Uh, beyond that, people started, like, like, Drug Free Chew lives in Springfield, so he's far down south. That's where Ripple lives, too. And uh, a player named C-Sharp, a Zelda player, who's actually very, very strong, has a lot of good wins that people don't really notice. Um, he's just kind of one of those – C-Sharp's one of those players that uh, – he's a real quiet dude, but he'll just fuck you up, and people will be like, where did this guy come from? Um, yeah, he lives, he lives about two and a half hours south of the scene, basically, and he drives up every single Friday uh, without fail. So it's five hours round trip for him to play at a weekly. And he typically doesn't like he'll place outside the money most times. So it's just like, I want to play and get better and get exposure from him. So he's one of those players that's like super dedicated. Um, other than that, like drug free chew kind of came out of nowhere. He's been around as long as me. He's been around since 3.0 days, uh, but he started as an ice climbers player. And then he kind of dropped the game for, for Melee for a long time, and then he kind of fell out of love with Melee. And he was like, oh, fuck, PM's actually sick, which most cool people figure out. Something, uh, something you mentioned earlier was, like, there were so many weeklies and so many things going on at the same time that you kind of, like, they 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 ate the, the crowd from each other. And I'm not going to mention the person's name, but I had, like, a really long talk with someone from the Melee scene. And... Uh, they were mainly Smash 4, and he was, like, super worried about New York and their Smash 4 scene because, like, the same thing was happening here when it first launched. Like, every place you turn had a weekly, whether, whether it was a college, a community college, or NEBS, or places in New Jersey that were, like, drivable to. And he's, like, what, what was interesting was, like, this person's fear was, like, there's too many options. And it sounds like that's what we're doing yeah, yeah. for a while, which is really weird because, like, well, you wouldn't think that. But I guess, like, I know um, there are parts of, like... Thing. New England that has the same thing too. So think about this from the like, from the perspective of like a, a player. You can either drive, you know, thirty minutes to a, a different like part of Chicago or like a different suburb and get like seventh at something and no money, or you can go two blocks down the road, beat up a bunch of shit and take their money and get first uh, because plus. And that's kind of what ended up happening. Um, people were like, "Well, I don't want to leave Cicero." Or it's like, "Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to drive down to Oak Park or over to Oak Park, which is where EXP was." Uh, especially because EXP went from a five dollar venue to a ten dollar venue to a company in a new building, uh, which you know that's when you're spending twenty dollars to play a tournament, a singles tournament of melee and PM. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to hold up each week, especially if you don't play. Your, your internet's a little, it's not too choppy. It's, it's on the fringe, so I don't know if you changed anything. 
Maybe maybe you should switch the camera over to your good side. I don't know if that'll help it or whatever. Wow. I, I'm just Look, saying. I, mean, I know you got options. baby? Um, Does it fuck it up? No, you good. You good. You were you were in the middle of rant and I completely killed your flow and I'm a piece of shit. No, you're good, dude. So like basically what it boiled down to was uh Ash at Wit, the Friday tournaments in Aurora became our home for Project M, right? It became this thing where that's where Project M is. It's not at anywhere else in the city or in the suburbs. If you want to go play Project M, it's either you're going to Aurora on Friday, you're playing net play. Or you're driving all the way down to Illinois State, uh, which is three hours south, or like two and a half hours south um, on Thursdays, uh, which people didn't typically do. So having a, having a, a home base is kind of nice for that. Uh, and that kind of solidified these like different like, – once you have that home base uh, to go to, you have the people that consistently come, and then you develop rivalries again, and then you kind of build out this – sense of community again. So it was it was a slow but steady rebuilding and rebranding of what uh, Chicago Project M was. Um, as far as Michigan goes, for example, like their scene has always been healthy. Um, they have a lot of – they're like pretty top-heavy, I would say. Like they have five really strong players, and then after that they kind of drop off. But even – like their mid-level is still a pretty solid mid-level. I mean, you know, we're Midwest. We're not fucking New York, New Jersey over here. We're not fucking MDVA. Like, we don't have those players yet in, in that amount. Um, you know, Columbus struggles. Like, they have uh, XYK and they have – hang on. Are you talking? Because, like – Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, trying to, I'm trying to interrupt you because you said something that offended me. Um, what does that mean? you put New York and MDVA in the same category? How how uh, dare you? Did you mean SoCal? You meant SoCal. I don't remember what New York, New Jersey got in the crew battle at, uh, at Shuffle, but it sure as hell wasn't first place, buddy. What, New York, New Jersey? So, yeah. Fucker. Which one? And Aiden got second, yeah, you banana bread. He wants to see Aiden cheated. You're, you're so fraudulent right now, your internet doesn't even support you. <laughs> what I was going to say was I do think it's interesting because like scenes go through that like weird phase right where you mentioned like some players wouldn't want to drive to a certain venue because like they knew there was this like top player that would just beat their ass and I don't know if that happened exactly like that in New York New Jersey but like for a while it was New York New Jersey Long Island and there are better in my opinion there are like there are some better options in terms of like a nice venue than Nebulous I think everyone kind of feels that way it's, it's rough for whatever reason, that's kind of what it is. But what ended up happening is, like, now every single week, Switch takes the ride from, like, New Jersey to come to Nebs, and, like, Long Island players will find their way to Nebs and stuff like that. So even though it's not, like, crazy big entrant numbers, like, that kind of sort of became, like, the central point for it. I don't think, like... I know some players would be frustrated because there are, like, a, there are venues that are they do a really good job that aren't in Nebulous, but they just... They just don't have like Switch isn't gonna drive to Long Island for for an event, but he'll drive into the city for Neb. So it it kind of happened the same exact way. And I'm wondering like if that's just something that every scene kind of goes through. It'd be interesting to like talk to like old school 
melee players and wonder like during the height of that game if it had the same exact issue where like you had a lot of choices and then and then all of a sudden it was like no this is the place you go to like to get really really good at the game or this is the place you go to if you want to play the top players and then you kind of get over it like that whole i want to make my ten dollars you'd rather just get better at the game and not worry about like who i gotta play what round and all that other stuff I mean, that's a big thing, too, though, is, like, uh, especially in the old days, it's, like, it, I know in Illinois, it was, like, you had the reputability of show me moves and, like, Sakurai can't save you now. And these were really good tournaments with uh, solid TOs that knew the scene and could seed you consistently well. You know, you, you wouldn't get cheated out of bracket, basically, by bracket luck or whatever. Uh, and it's the same thing with wit, man. Like, we have pretty good, consistent seeding. We're usually pretty spot on. There's an upset here or there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and uh, I know last week we had, like, uh, it was a pretty small showing because a lot of us were going to Bounty Hunters, so we couldn't play on Friday because we had to drive into Michigan. But I, I saw there were, like, four or five new kids um, that were completely new. They're like, this is my first tournament, and they were entering Project M uh, in, in addition to Melee, which was super cool. But, um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where, Location is important. Um, the environment's important. So is the venue passable? Like, do I want to come here every week? And Wits is a super cool venue for that, for us at least. Uh, is the seating good? Like, do I feel like I'm getting the most out of my tournament experience when I go? Uh, how are the top players there? Um, are they interactive or are they dickheads? Things like that, which if you are a top player or you are a personality in your scene, try to be as either um, – expressive as you can because I, I won't I won't say don't be a dickhead because um I like being at the new new players especially where they're kind of expecting it like it's fun to be that that guy uh if they're looking for it um but it's like be good to the new players have a good tournament like be efficient have a good stream if you have streaming recording stuff and you can put out Jobo grade fucking production like that's ace. Um, you know, so things like that are the most important part. Except, like, accessibility, there will always be players that will bitch, and there will always be players like C-Sharp that are like, fuck it, whatever, it takes me a take of gas to go, whatever, we'll do it, baby. Like, I know in, in, in Dallas, when I lived there, it was a 45-minute drive to get to IAB, and it was nothing. It was like, oh, let's go to IAB this week, or let's go to Monday Night Miller this week, and it's always a 45-fucking-minute drive. Everyone's an hour away from each other. Texas is huge, but, like, we always... You know, that's, like, the weirdest part about, like, trying to, to grow a scene is, like, how your top players sometimes don't realize that they kind of dictate whether the scene grows or not, even if they don't mean it. Like, if, if your top players are just, like, the most awful human beings and a new player comes and plays them round one and they're just, like, just a terrible, just awful about the whole entire thing or just kind of have like a snobby attitude toward it. They don't realize like that player just takes that away from the experience. It's like, I'm never coming back to this place again. And then like, there are certain people like, I mean, I get what you're saying too. Like you almost have like this WWE personality. Like you want to live up to what people think of you. Cause you like, people know you're kind of outlandish and you're brash and the way you play and the way you talk and all that stuff. And I, I think it's become a little bit of like a meme within the community where, like, yeah. certain players definitely have personas. Like, Sosa has his own persona. Gallo obviously has his own persona. You have your own thing going for you. And everyone, like, loves that about those players. 
Well, then you have this new player that's like, oh, I came here because I'm out of, from out of town and like I haven't played PM before, but there was no melee stuff going on. I wanted to give it a shot. They don't know who you are. And then like you're just probably like jumping on the chair, you. saying terrible things. <laughs> What'd you say? You, you cut out. Get out of here, you fucking loser. You know, just shit like that. <laughs> the quick two in a hand. Oh, fuck. Rough. Drop the phone. We're good, though. We're good. <laughs> you got insurance on that thing, man? You gotta make sure you're good. We're good. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think players, like, high-level players, all of them, I'm not saying all of them, but, like, I don't think every top-level player understands there is, like, a little bit of a, a responsibility on you, even if you don't want it. Like, if, you keep, if you're a top player and you have a really terrible attitude and you're wondering why your sheen isn't growing, you have, like, game seven players, it's super easy to, like, to have people not go to a venue because someone is just a dick. And if you're a player that's there every single week, it's easy for that player to kind of justify it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to go to this venue, see people I don't like, pay $10 to get into this venue, and then I got to play a tournament against them. They're a better player. So then I got to lose to the player I don't like. And then on top of that, like they don't they don't want to play friendlies with me or they don't really chill afterwards, so I can't even like get better as much as I want to. And you almost feel like I don't know, it, it's always like such a weird thing seeing seeing that happen in, in smaller scenes and knowing like it's a fixable thing. Like just just a little personality tweak. And I mean the most famous line in my opinion ever on Salt Mines was when you called the entire Smash community socially inept. And I'm like, sometimes Dude, they like, are. I don't you're all fucking every, every time you curse it cuts out it's hilarious um but no, I feel like it's Jobo just, he knew. yeah Jobo's got the sensor bar he's working with Dash DC he's like boop, 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 boop. Um, but I think um, I think that's something we can kind of talk about another thing that's super important is like Weekly content can sometimes be absolutely awful and because of the commentary. And uh, hey. and uh, most most games have a pretty poor weekly um, like content schedule. They don't really do well when it comes to viewership. They don't really um, they don't really promote well if they do promote well the stream usually isn't good if you do promote well and your stream is really really good your play is usually not good and if you have all three of those things it kind of gets ruined by the commentary but smash is actually pretty damn interesting if you compare smash to a lot of other fgc games it usually does actually pretty damn good in viewership in comparison to some of these games um i know when i talk to tos like paper fairy or if I talk to players like Ken and Black, who's in the Skullgirl scene and plays PM at Nebulous, um, what they mention is like an FGC weekly, like you praise gods you didn't even know existed if you can get eight players there. And Smash, typically like we complain if we get like under 20. And right. already there, you see there's like a, a bigger player base. Viewership wise, it actually does pretty good. Um in comparison to the other FGC games. And then Smash also has this crazy ability to where, because it's like four or five games that all fall under this very small genre of platform fighter that's kind of growing now. You know, obviously you have Rivals, you have Brawlout, you have 
the Weeb Dash games that were coming out with their own thing, Brawlhalla. Like they're they're branching off and doing their own thing. But for a while, it was like you go to a Smash tournament. That's the only place you found Smash stuff. And it it's interesting how it kind of has its own its own living kind of uh, feel to it. And what I've noticed is like whenever I go to SoCal Facebook group or Philly Facebook group when Chibo doesn't have full reins on it um, with the memes is people will say how like they try to tune in for these weeklies and the commentary is like an immediate, I need to turn this off. And <laughs> the issue with, and the issue with that is the fact what I, what I hit on first is like, there's so many more opportunities to make a good impression on new players. And it's all just getting kind of shit on. Like it's, it's, New players are tuning in, and it's usually people just screaming, um, people not really, like, painting a picture of what's going on in the set. And then when that happens at, like, a major or at a very large event, it's pretty damn bad. And um, I should we just I, – I, you're, like, smiling at me because I know you, you know what I'm talking about. Really roasting me. And like the most, like yeah, when this happens at a major, when you just see a fucking white kid stuffing a burger into an old dude's mouth, <laughs> I don't know. It's I, one of those things. Like, commentary is weird, right? Like, I think something to look at with commentary is you have to compare Smash to the other games that we're talking about, right? Like the FGC. You have like Ultra David. You have you have Yipes. You have all these like really good cast. Uh, you know you have James Chen, uh, who have been playing their games for years upon years, and came up within the scene. They're a part of the game. They have this intelligence on the game, but they're playing like Street Fighter or they're playing an anime fighter. Um, you know more traditional two D fighters. And those games are a lot more straightforward. You know, there's, like, um, if you, ever, you, you obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you've watched the, the Smash documentary, but they talk about the abstractness of Smash and being able to imbue your personality in your play, right? You can, you can watch a Marth player play, and you can be like, that's Ken, that's Azin, that's Dart, you know, like, you have this innate ability to see who is who because the game allows you to play that way. And of course you can do that to an extent in a 2D fighter, but there's so much more to do when you have the ability to jump, when you have the ability to go to ledge, uh, and, you know, or sit on a platform and there's that, that tiered fighting and things like that. So there's a lot more to look out for. Uh, there's a, a, it's a different kind of awareness. Uh, baiting things out is entirely different. The game functions on a more abstract level. Um, so it's harder to pin good commentary in this game. Um, and you you, you can kind of see but uh, what so I know I get what you're saying too like you there's so much more going on and I kind of want to read something that Gallo put out there and then like I think it 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 would put like a, a very simple foundation for everybody, right? Where people can look at this it's super super simple advice and I think for it'll make the difference between being like a, a bad commentator, an okay commentator, and being like an uh, an okay commentator and a good commentator. And this is what this is from Gallo because Gallo called me out on a couple of things I've said on stream, and I was so certain I was right about it. And then he's like, "No, those actually aren't true." And there were two things to do with um, specific characters, and 
And he told me, and I'll read it a little bit. And what he basically told me was like, you, you believe it's right because it's been regurgitated by every single other commentator, even ones that you think are really, really good at it. And people that you think are really well-informed, like you would think like, like a, like to think of the best commentator in your head, whoever you may believe that is, has said this exact same thing that you're saying. And because they said it, you believe it's right. So then when you go on on stream, you regurgitate that information. It's completely false. And then the average player doesn't know any better. And then they also just kind of circle it. And this is what Gallo had to say about commentary and PM. So he goes, uh, commentary for PM could use a lot of improvement. The most important thing that it's, that's an easy fix is when commentators have a very strong opinion on something and they feel the need to say it uh, exactly like it's a fact. In some cases, it's obvious sarcasm, which is fine. But in some cases, the commentator might actually believe what they're saying is a fact. For example, oh, Nessus Fair is broken. It leads into anything. Um, it's annoying because the community latches onto this. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it it's it's annoying because the community latches onto this misinformation, which spreads. Speaking of misinformation, if you're commentating and not 100% sure on something, this is the the thing I was talking about that it can really make you go a long way. Just add the disclaimer. Just say you're not sure. Say I believe this might work, but I'm not 100% on it, um, and that could help. And then lastly, I want to point out the commentators uh, try pointing out something that top players are doing. And 99% of the time, there is a reason for a player that uh, there's a reason for the commentary that doesn't understand. So uh, the example he gives is basically like, oh, this person is constantly approaching with the same move. Why isn't he trying something else? And what Gallo is basically saying is, well, that player could just be conditioning someone and trying to, to get into their head and doing something. And... Apollo and I, like, when we were playing or we were commentating in uh, a set, I think it was Aiden against Dirt Boy, like, we got away from the whole, why does he keep doing that? And then we started to pick up on it. And, like, now we'll actually say, like, it looks like the player is conditioning this because it, it, it looks exactly what it looked like. But I feel like if me and Apollo were commentating six months ago, we would have probably have said something along the lines like, oh, Aiden keeps doing that recovery. It's obviously not working. Why is he doing that? Or... Um, one thing that we noticed, like, this is from Flex Zone 2, like, Flip would always go invincible down air from ledge. And, like, for that situation, we felt like he didn't change it at all. And it was like, okay, I think he's not – I don't know if he's conditioning. I don't know if he doesn't want to do another option. You were kind of could tell, like, the player was just constantly doing the same thing. But when you saw Aiden do it, you were like – Oh, Aiden's got something up his sleeve. And then, of course, the one time in the set where he doesn't do the same type of recovery option, he ends up getting like a stock off it or something like that. So there, there needs to be if – you, if you don't feel like you've seen enough sets and you, you're not comfortable making that assumption about the player, what Gallo says is really, really strong. Like just say, I'm not sure if this character works this way or I'm not sure if this player is trying to do that. Um, like there – I'm sure if I went to commentate a Midwest set and I had someone that was like a West Coast player as my commentary partner, I wouldn't know. Like, I couldn't tell you what a player was thinking. But, like, watching Gallo play enough times, like, I kind of have an idea what he's trying to do. And we talk about it. Like, in terms of the fundamental play, what he's trying to do, I don't think I'm far off in, in what he's doing. But in terms of, like, information of characters, specifics, frame data, stuff like that, that's where a commentator needs to hesitate and just kind of be like, okay, I, I don't really know. Like, I maybe you've never seen the matchup. The game has, like, a kajillion characters that can 
do all these crazy things. Like earlier today, they showed uh, Diddy able to skip over a banana. And I'm like, first off, when did you have the time to figure out that works without Diddy tripping? And then I think, like I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't even remember the last time I saw a Diddy Ditto anyway. I wouldn't even know when, when that would come up. Hey, are you talking about like if you dash attack over a banana? No, if you do uh, like a foxtrot all over an enemy Diddy's banana, you don't trip. He's in the that's neat. Yeah. But, was, but what I'm saying is like, when, when in the world would you ever know that was a thing unless, there you go, you're on the internet and someone posted it. So if you saw that in the middle of set, I'm sure the first thing people would be like, oh my God, if you dash over the banana and it's an enemy banana, you don't trip. When it's not necessarily true, you have to actually time it perfect, foxtrot over it, or you have to do something along the lines of like where you're basically perfectly spaced. So it sounds like what you're saying is true. Oh, if you dash over it, it doesn't it doesn't trip you? But it's obvious there's a lot more of very minute details that go into that. And I think commentators need to understand the same way a top player has a lot of responsibility, where like they can help grow a scene and like be better to to newer players. A commentator has a responsibility because you can kind of usher in the players that haven't even taken the step of coming from their house to the venue and be like, "Come look at this awesome game! Look at all this crazy stuff going on!" and um, yeah, I want to ask you, why'd you eat a burger during Smash Splash 2? Um, so, that's fun, because if you didn't know, um, I so I lived in Dallas at the time of Smash and Splash 2, flew up for Smash and Splash. Uh, basically, Key Lime Cove, which is where the venue was at last year, uh, was a, like a 60-ish minute, like just under an hour away from my house. So, I go to O'Hare, pick up Coney, go to O'Hare, uh, go to Wit to, for the weekly or whatever, go pick up Zoe and uh, Jade Ice from Alaska and then Zagudos from Florida. Have this car full of people, go up to Key Lime, drop them off, go home, get TVs, go there, drop them off, go home. For like, I basically did like fucking an entire. I did like six hours of driving nonstop and shit like that. That's day one. Day two, it's like, oh, hey, cool. Uh, you know how you were at an airport? You're actually really fucking sick. So I'm like, cool, great. Going to be sick for this event. And my voice is shot before the event. Uh, playing in a tournament, running this tournament or whatever, having a bunch of bullshit happen. In between day one and day two, coughing up blood for two hours, blah, blah, blah. Day, you know, final day happens or whatever. We're here. We are. Top eight. I haven't eaten in two days, basically. And I'm doing top eight commentary. And Josh, the the head TO, is like, "Do you guys want food?" And I'm like, "Fuck yes, I want food." So he comes and he brings us Culver's and McDonald's, and I'm eating chicken tenders. And then Coney starts eating a burger, and he's like, "Do you think I could eat this all in one bite?" Ah, oh, yeah, man, get it in you, and just you know, crammed it in. So, you know, fucking shit happens when you're tired and cranky and starving. You shove a burger into an adult man's mouth. You kind of hate that it happened. Oh, I I did not. From from my perspective, as, like, my reputation as a TO and a commentator and a personality, Smash and Splash 2 is a huge blemish on my, uh, my career, basically. The, uh, the whole miscommunication and people were, and HBox 
fucking getting into bracket as ally, which I'm not going to get into because it's done. Holding up doubles for fucking two hours because me two kings, shithead. Uh, so on and so forth. Plus me being sick, the worst commentary I've ever put on. I, I didn't want to be there. Like, I didn't want to be there and I felt obligated to be there and I was just shitty. It was, I fucking, I ruined that experience for a lot of people. So, so it's not going to happen going, again this year. Going from the low of, of that moment, how great was it, the high of us doing doubles commentary together? Dude, I was so fucking excited to meet you. I was like, here it is, dude. Legend is messy. A fucking hero in the Project M community. A fellow Italian man. And then we said, you know, we, we shot the shit. You met my daughter and all that shit. <laughs> and then fucking sit down, flip the mic down. Boom. Instantly, I was like, this man's my best friend right now. This is it. And it was just perfect chemistry. We, under, we were two Mediterranean-blooded men who understood what was going on, shooting the shit, innuendos left and right. We're just having a good time. We are having a conversation. The game is just a topic that comes up every once in a while. And that's what I should right? So, me and you having a back and forth. We're having a good time. We're having laughs. It's a very lighthearted. Everybody's having a good mood. The people watching feel involved. They're like, oh, I'm having a conversation with these two people. All of a sudden, Anther fucking snipes the ledge from Switch. And it's like, yo, did you see that? Did you know you could fucking quick attack from stage to ledge and grab it? And it's like, oh, that's a cute, cool, uh, like a cool little tidbit. And it's like, is it the commentary constantly focused on the game? No. Because people have eyes. Like, pe the people that are watching a lot of times, they, they know what is going on. And if something a little more advanced happens, if you know about it, you talk about it. But otherwise, you know... Keep it, keep it in generalities. Generalities are what makes this, what makes good commentary, right? Look at Waffles and, and uh, Phil, uh, Tof and fuck, what's his name? Scar. Uh, Scar. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're best friends, right? They just talk to each other and have a good time. They talk about the players that they know, and they're like, "Yo, you remember this or whatever," and no, they speak in generalities. I'm so glad that you didn't make that into a circle jerk between me and you because I was hoping you were going to go on this tangent about how, like, chemistry between commentators is, is an important thing. And sometimes you may not know if you're going to be a good commentator with someone. Like, and, and I tell the story all the time. Like, for shots fired, uh, one, Chivo threw me on the mic, and I just – he was like, who do you want to commentate with? And I said, that guy. And it was Apollo. And I met him one time beforehand. And I just knew from meeting him as a person and, like, knowing what kind of cool dude he was, like, it would work in some senses. And I think what happens is a lot of commentators sometimes, especially when you're first starting out, is you, you try to force the issue. Like, you, you feel coming out of the gate, like, I can commentate with anyone or I want to commentate with everyone. And you just have to understand that sometimes it just doesn't really, doesn't really work. And it has nothing to do with you either being bad at it or the other person being bad at it. There are certain, like, my, no joke, like, I know where my strengths are. If I could choose like every single time and it was like outside of the realm of like Apollo and Switch and they wanted me to do a more serious, like very on point commentary, I would pick someone like Frozen every single time because Frozen will give you like this plethora of information that you can work with. And then like I could still make it like fun vibey and try to do my own thing and like 
crack a couple jokes with Frozen. And like when something serious happens, like I've never seen that before. Frozen will give you like this crazy brain data, why it happened, how how it could happen, what characters it works on, all that stuff. And then if there's like a, a list of people that are like, yo, you just have to go out there and have a really good time. I would be like, okay, cool. I can do it with Apollo because I've been doing it forever. Switch is great, but he's too busy winning all the events. Pooch is fun as hell. I'll do it with Pooch. Like those are like, you have to kind of understand where you fit in it. Like, I don't think I could ever lead like a super serious, like commentary thing that would be very, um, very forward with like, Oh, you have to, you have to know all this crazy frame. I don't, I just don't know that stuff. I know I don't. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the type of player you are too. Like I've had players come up to me, like even GP has told me, like GP has flat out told me like, you don't know this in your commentary because you're just not a good enough player. And I didn't take it as an offense. I just knew that it was like, I either a have to play the game a lot more or B you get that data from just doing it so many damn times. Like, like what I, like this was a while ago. I remember talking about like what we thought the top eight for Supernova was gonna be, and and I was like, I don't think Junebug is gonna get top eight. And people like laughed at me, and I was like, Well, you have to understand is eventually you watch enough top level play just from being there that you do understand the game a little bit better than the average person. Like you you have to absorb some information. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't, you're just dense and you're wasting your time three hours a piece at every tournament. But like I feel like I've seen like. Watching Junebug play, watching Gallo play, watching Switch play, Malachi, you know, Sosa. These players are incredible. So, like, you sit there and you watch them play all the time, and eventually you're like, I may not ever be able to do that on the screen, but I have a little bit of an idea of, like, what's going on now. And um, commentators have to do your hands. Too. Your hands can't translate it, but eventually your words can. And, like, that's that's what you're getting to, right? I thought you were totally Italian guy memeing on me. Oh no! Fuck you! Fuck you! Get out of here with that shit, man! Oh I'm my trying, god! I'm trying to look, get, do the the thing where I'm like not a shitter every once in a while, no, so no, people you, are like, maybe this guy's not. No, no, you were you were 100 right. Like, I I know what I am, dude. I'm a first person shooter player, 100. You meet me outside with my McCree, like no big deal. I know where my strong suit is in video games. I just happen to like playing Smash from time to time. I will never, bro. I can barely ledge dash, and it pisses me off because I know I could do whatever I want in any other game. That's just something I know is not my strong suit. Fine, whatever. I can talk about the game. I like talking. I'm Italian. It's literally in my blood. So whatever. And that's a that's that's actually something I want to talk about too. Um, going off of your point of like, I don't want to say like what you said is I place because that sounds like shitty, but like. That's a good phrase to look for. And it's actually a phrase I'll use for a lot of people who either want to get better at commentary or as a player, right? It's take a really good, hard look at war. You know, no, learn your place right away. Am I naturally talented at this game? Am I, am I demonstrating a, a good enough level of progress where I think that I can compete at a top level? Like, what do I want out of this, right? Same thing with commentary. It's like, Am I showing improvement? Is my is my cadence? Is my pacing good? Am I am I learning more about the game? Am I improving on my on my word choice? You know things like that. Um, you have to objectively sit down and look at that and decide what you want out of the out of it. How much effort you've been putting forward? How much effort you're willing to put forward? And whether or not it's a waste of time. Uh, beyond that, 
because we already all know I'm the realest motherfucker to ever do it. I'm the best on the mic. Uh, there's an there's an important thing about dynamicism as a commentator, right? Where you say, you know, I don't always have this game knowledge, but uh, like I'm cool with commentating with a hype set, or I can sit down with with Jake and be like, oh, this guy's a genius. Let's like let's let me be the quip guy. I can be color commentary, and then everyone like. But when sh serious shit goes down, it falls to him, right? And that's something I learned very early on, right? The the first kind of commentary I really started to like doing was teacher-student, right? I would get newer players on commentary. This was back at EXP. I would get newer players or, like, lesser intelligent players when it came to, like, game knowledge to sit down with me. And I'd kind of get them to, like, I'd encourage them to ask questions. Like, I'd try to, like, naturally lead them to ask questions. Of, like, why is this guy doing that? And I can break down his their, their question and use it as a segue to explain a general situation in the game. And that's more like of the like if you if you watch like Prague and D1, right? Like that's a Prague and D1 thing. They do teacher student. Really, really uh, good entry level style to get into if you're learning to become a dynamic commentator that can work with several different people. Uh, beyond that, uh, obviously I can be the hype guy. I've got the big voice for it. I I just fucking hours to the point where I piss people off. Uh, <laughs> and I got the personality for it, right? So I can be this loud hype guy who cracks jokes. He goes, oh, let's go! You know, like, all fucking day, right? I can I can let's go sass. I can fucking cheer on. I can Billy guy if I need to be. But, like, it's, it's learning to strike that balance, right? Where I can be like, let's fucking go. This is nuts. This is crazy. Do you see this? And, like, oh, that was a really intricate decision made there by Derpoy to go for this option instead of this. Uh, and if you kind of look at my more recent commentary, where I, especially when I take the game a little bit more seriously, uh, it comes back to talking in generalities again. Like I was saying with the, the homie casters, right, like homemade waffles and all that shit, they'll talk about player generalities and they'll talk about histories and stories, but you can also talk about game generalities. And I'm not talking about like nice back air meme shit, right? What I, what I like to talk about now is I'll talk about general positional control, right? In neutral game, I'll be like, all right, well, this person's holding center and this person's trying to fight back in from center. Like, they're, they're either cornered or they're at the ledge. And what they've been opting for is trying to use the platforms to go for a high approach to reset neutral by baiting out a jump to, you know, provide for a safe descent, right? And you start looking at general, like, how does Smash Brothers work, right? You look at the basic stuff of you know, the rock, paper, scissors of attacking, grabbing, and, and fucking shielding. You look at uh, ground game versus air game, why it's inherently negative to be in the air as pretty much every character in the game. Ledge play and things like that. When you look at the game from a very general, universal sense of, this is Smash Brothers, right? Not like, I'm looking at Captain Falcon versus Fox. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a Smash Brothers match, Right? When you look at it from that generality sense, and you commentate from that lens, it makes it a lot easier to fuck up with, right? You're not going to talk about, you're not going to be like, oh, knee comes out frame 10 or some shit when, you know, or like, or knee does 22 damage on stale. Like, you're not going to be spouting bullshit because, like, you know, that'll naturally, like, it even happens to me. Like, I'll, I'll say something that I thought was correct or whatever, like, I'm, you know, I'm no fucking angel when it comes to that shit. Like, I will say something that's incorrect if I'm talking about a matchup and I get into the heat of the moment. And 
that's the thing, right? Smash is moving so fast. The pacing is so quick that if you make that mistake, sometimes it's an accident. Like you might know the real data, but it'll slip past you because you're just trying to go and move and stay in, in pace. Okay. So it's one of those things where. And, and, and something like, I, I know like we're referring to ourselves as I, and we do this and we do that. And like, this is all stuff that's like transferable, like regardless of like, if you are someone that's just started commentating, you know, tomorrow you're going to go in and do it for the first time, or you've been doing it for a while. Like what I've noticed too, even my own commentary, like I'll treat doubles. I'll always talk about center stage control and what a team is trying to do in doubles. And then in singles, I don't talk about it. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like it's actually just as important as it is in singles where corner pressure is the same exact thing. Double in doubles. You want to make sure you're, you're fighting for center stage and all those different things. Stage control is super important. And you know, I'll go back, I'll listen to my commentary and I'll be like, okay, cool. I didn't hit on this one time and I should. So it doesn't really matter if you've, if and I'm not trying to say like I'm, I'm amazing or anything. It's more of if, if people have the trust in me to do large events, I should put the due time and diligence into researching what I'm doing and looking back on what I've said and where was I wrong? Where was I right? And what I've even noticed is something like Apollo does a really good job of, of relating it. And you said like generalizing things. Apollo does a good job of also relating it to some other games sometimes where he'll give like a street fighter spin on something or a traditional fighting game sense on something, but not going like crazy into detail. He'll just be like, Oh, you know, this is very similar to X and that's it. He'll leave it at that. He doesn't have to go into detail about nothing, but he'll refer to another game, which sometimes like a lot of players feel very comfortable talking about something else. Cause smash is a little different or is very different than every other game. And like now Apollo also talks about like corner pressure more. He talks about the usage of platforms and you also just kind of don't want to step in your commentator's toes. Like you just want to be like, cool. It seems like you're going to hit these things. I'm going to leave it be like we tech those two. I'm sorry. We tech those one when guru was going on his like crazy losers run. I, I was like the most biased mofo ever. And Apollo <laughs> usually plays Apollo, like in an odd way, usually plays the hype man between both of us. Like he gets really into it. Even he realized, like, okay, cool, I can't stop Messi. He's, like, completely tunneled. He's out of it. He's, he, he, he's gotten too wrapped up in the storyline. I'm going to be more chill. I'm going to let him go crazy this time, and then, like, the next time we'll figure it out. And uh, it's just one of those things where, like, you just have to have trust in one another. And um, I don't want to take too much time up on, on commentary, although, like, I'm sure we'll hit on it when we go to production, which is something that we haven't touched on yet. But what what I felt like – the, the scene has done a, a much better job and especially over the last year is like the upcoming of production content. And we touched on it last week, but we, we touched on it in a, a very light sense in terms of we love the content that's coming out that has to do with production value, better trailers, comp, um, compendium trailers, trailers for the top eight, like all this stuff is coming out and we wanted more of base overall, overall content. But now this time, I think we should talk about the fact that Every event like seems like it has a crazy triple A trailer now and has a bunch of hype events wow. going on that get their own type of um attention through really great production value. And now it's kind of crazy because if this was last year, I don't think I would have cared so much if Salt Mines was still being done on Skype. Um and <laughs> and like didn't have any of the cool little niche stuff. But, like, now having Jobo manage the podcast, it almost felt like, damn, I needed it. Like, I need someone to, to help out and make it 
better because now everything else has stepped up its game so much. Like we talked about last week, the top eight introduction video for Olympus, even though Jobo openly says it's not his, like it wasn't his best work. He just feels like he's more attached to it because it was just so damn cool to be part of something like that. And it was just something that felt like he had, he actually put emotion into it where sometimes when you make a trailer, it's just kind of like, I'm not even going to this damn event. What do I give a shit? And uh, I think Dang. I think PM needs more of that stuff, man. More top eight introduction videos. You need the better like the the lucky thing we have is like clash tournaments, right? Like having Chivo at a majority of these events on the East Coast like helps because like we're not losing out on quality. But you do kind of get nervous when you see a stream link you've never seen before. Yeah, like yeah. Okay. 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 First, first. Jobo is actually like the fucking coolest. Mo- Right, like he uh, when 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 the last Wave Dash Wednesday happened or whatever, and I made the post in Chicago Project M and everything, he literally messaged me and he was like, "I can make you a video." And I was like, "Dude, it's tonight." And he was like, "Just get a thread where people post their favorite moments," and he made me a, he he made the fucking video, and we played it at the end of the t- like I it brought me to tears like I fucking cried like. It's one of those things where I, I get it. Like, the production quality and things like that, it, 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 it puts it over the edge, right? And uh, our stream runner, our, our, the, the head of ShineCorp, which is, you know, uh, Aurora's stream basically for Fridays, uh, smashcast.tv slash ShineCorp. Um, his name's Jack, right? Pseudomac. And his production quality has just been going up and up and up and up. Like, uh... We're going to have a thing later that you guys will see that was made by him uh, pretty much in two days. Uh, and it's fucking nuts what the quality is for, for, especially for two days. Like, And the kid's getting better and better. And we're like, you know, um, we're trying to get more money for the stream and, and quality and production, things like that. Like every time I play doubles, if I get first, I just give him all of my doubles winnings. And then I give him whatever, like, not big money. Like I'll give him like all my five, like a five and all my singles from winnings from singles. I'm like, put this to the side. This is for the stream. Right. Uh, and it's like, we're getting better cameras. We finally got better headsets. Uh, we're going to buy a light box soon for, for uh, better production quality and lighting on the players and the commentators. Uh, you, you know, and we're kind of like, it's a slow, but sure thing. And like, I know there's a lot of smaller streams where it's like harder. Right. But budgeting and, like, setting that money aside and working together with your community to find that, like, it might take a long time, but you can do it, right? And uh, Great Lake Smash, for example, run by the legendary Chosen One. Johnny, you're fucking sick. Uh, he had a GoFundMe up for, like, two weeks. He was like, I need a few hundred bucks. Here, we're going to get better. better. Um, so we can have a higher quality stream. And the community rose to it, gets money, and here we are with a better Great Lakes Smash because of it. And, and you know, um, stream overlays are super important. Like, do you remember the old W? Fuck, fuck me. Ah, uh, drop WCPM, Like, do you remember the old overlays we used to have? How crisp they were. We had the fucking finest shit in the world. Those the legendary Spoon Guardian, who's retired. Um, and our, our overlays are getting better, too, from Jack, too. Like, he does basically all of the work. Um, and that's super cool. And I don't think enough people, like, 
Can I get a fucking phone call right now? I am. It's, it's my boss, dude. I'm about to reject my boss. Oh. Never that, like, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it's one of those things where the people sitting behind the computer running the stream never get talked about outside of, like, Gimmer and Chico, like, a big guy. Is, I guess Steeman, because who fucking doesn't love Steeman? But, like, those are the people that keep this community together. They are the glue, right? Like, I can go ahead and be a big voice. You can have, you can be a big voice. But, like, Chobo's running the show right now, baby. And, like, Hypo's the one running the show down in Texas. Jack's the one running in Aurora, right? Like, those are those are the people that those are the quiet heroes. They're the, they're the stage production. And the fucking, you know, they're not the actors. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna cut you off because your internet is a little choppier. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity to move around. I guess it, I'm telling you, dude. It's every time you lay down and you're trying to get like super comfortable, the internet's like, nah, dude, you can't do it. Um, getting. I think right. if if you really. A lot of people don't realize like production value goes a long way, even for the players. Like one thing that I kept hearing about when Olympus happened was people were just super excited that PM had the main stage. Like th- something about even the, the 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 idea of main stage, and it's it might not seem like you could have like the greatest quality stream. You can have your backdrop. You can have your perfect audio technica headsets. Like, but something about a stage, right? Like, and I'm obviously this obviously isn't going to be for like weeklies. And like even monthlies, but if you're going to go into it and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do a very large scale event and I want PM to feel like it's part of it. Like you need to make the players that are, that are playing important sets and playing like these, these top level games, like, you know, feel like they are there. There's something about like simple things like a stage setup, even a backdrop, having a professional backdrop behind you automatically just feels like it's a more important stream. Um, and even as like a commentator, you feel it. You sit down, you're like, "Oh shit!" Like this is this is like they got their things together. Like you you feel, and you feel like you want to do a better job. Like you don't want to be the reason that everything else sucked. And um, production quality goes a long way. And there's a lot of people that um, that are kind of stepping their game up. Whether it's you know, like you mentioned, now in the Midwest, you have um, Shine Corp building up their stream piece by piece. When I went to Blacklisted 1, it was actually, like, I remember hearing from Nizza, God bless, I miss him, uh, I remember I remember Nizza telling me that Dark basically, like, donated X amount of $100 to get them Audio-Technica headsets, and, like, the fact that their, uh, their stream setup was as good as it was getting was because of players, like, really dumping into that, um, and then, obviously, you have places like Nebulous that have stepped up their production quality, like, like no other you have socal like socal has recently hit me up they're trying to get like their secondary stream to be as good as their first stream like they don't want to have like cool events with the secondary stream you tune into secondary stream you're like holy shit is it 1999 like are you on a vhs right now i don't understand what's going on and like that's a big deal like you know i there are certain events that no joke man if if the quality of the stream sucks i can't watch it i don't care if like if, if if it looks like it's like 360p and it says it's not, I'm done. Like I'm, I can't, I can't bring it to it, man. I'm like, it's already on a, 
on a damn Wii. It's it's the, the, I can't do it. How far back in time do you want me to travel? I not Marty McFly, right. dude. I'm trying to watch a, a Smash tournament and have a good time. But that's an important thing that I think a lot of people don't put into into um, into consideration. Like you have the good commentators, you have like a high quality stream, but there's no production value to it. Like if you just got your simple overlay, you can you can have really cool animations. You can have your intros, your outros. There's so many small little things that you only have to set up one time, and then it, it theoretically works throughout the tournament if you know what you're doing. And people don't want to take that time and invest into it, and and it goes a long way to add clout to your your event. Um, and uh, I want you to talk about an event that's really really big and coming up, and you're excited about. And I think Jobo has some footage for us, so I think we're gonna. You, you see a little button that you commute your, yourself. Just do that, and then Jobo's gonna do his job. I think, right, Jobo? You can do your job, yo. Mr. Norton exposure. I flip cause I told ya. Mr. Norton exposure. Knowledge, my wisdom, understand my culture. Mr. Norton exposure. I flip cause I told ya. That's just what I want to hold through. Exposure. I flip cause I told ya. Mr. Norton exposure. Knowledge, my wisdom, understand my culture. Dude, you made the trailer. You 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 made the cut. Maybe not quite how you thought, but <laughs> your your mic still moving. <laughs> it was like tabbing. It's like no. Gonna let you know. I've literally been frozen on the introduction, like screenshot, because my fucking phone sucks. <laughs> so, but refresh again because that fucked up last time. So, uh, yeah, no, but I've seen it. It's, it's the burger stuff, right? I assume. Yeah, yeah, it was the I burger stuff. I mean, but look, at the end of the day, at least you have a funny ass moment, which is that part specifically. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, as long as you have a really good, funny story, you can kind of take any, like, bad situation and be like, but I was there and this happened and it was kind of hilarious. Hindsight 2020 kind of thing. You know? That's it. But tell me about Smash Flash 3. I know it's, it's supposed to be hype. Yeah. Um, that's – okay, here's the thing about Smash Flash 2, right? Fuck, fuck all you haters, right? It, it happened. It's done. It was fucking sick if you were there. And I love Coney. Coney's just a fucking super fun dude to commentate with. And he's like, he brings the energy. Even when it was like a shit vibe, we still had a fun time like in the moment, right? And 
he will be coming back, obviously, as the trailer said. Uh, I'll probably be a little bit hammered. We're we're probably gonna drink a little bit more this year, uh, and like, it's gonna be a fun vibe for top eight commentary. But beyond that, Smash the Splash three, uh, we've been working on it since November of this year. Uh, me and Matt are really really grinding it out at the end here, um, trying to focus really hard on making sure people who are getting in late on Friday uh, have pools that are later so they can play. Uh, trying to avoid infighting and all that shit as best we can. Uh, seating is starting to really come to fruition, um, which is really, really cool. We're basically two weeks out, and it's just, it kind of like, I don't know how involved you are with, like, running majors, but it fucking sneaks up on you. Even, like, even when you're working at a good pace, it still sneaks up on you. So, no, it's, I, I don't know, it's no crazy, man. I have no experience running majors at all. Not, not. I mean, I don't even know what a tournament is. Let me tell you something about uh, this. We didn't even get a chance to announce until two and a half months from date because of corporate stuff. So, no, no idea what it is to be snuck up on. Mm -mm. No, no clue. No, corporate like, businessy side of things has been hard for us because. Project M is kind of, like, quietly involved, I guess. Like, we're not quietly involved, obviously. Like, we're a, we're a fucking main stage event. Uh, by the way, uh, schedule's not announced, but uh, Project M is pretty much slated to finish on day two instead of day three, uh, which gives us more seating and focus on uh, top eight and things like that. Um, also, we're going to have, like, we're probably going to be cool with people sitting on the stage like last year, which actually was a super cool vibe because it made the major feel like, I, I don't know, it felt grassrootsy, right? Like people are just fucking sitting on the stage during a top eight match and just screaming and fucking blowing up and it's nuts. That's what we want to bring back again. Um, so we're planning on that and we're, you know, we have to look at logistics and, and things like that with, uh, with the Kalahari and what they say. But uh, other than that, Really cool players coming in. We got a few surprises coming up. Uh, right now on the on the Smash GG compendium, uh, if we hit five hundred dollars, we that goes into a pop bonus, and we have uh, state crew battle bracket uh, or province if Ontario wants to play too, and or wherever the fuck else in Canada. Uh, I don't know what Canada is. You guys are just America's hat. Well, you're a cool hat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the sick thing about finishing on day two is you're at a water park, so day three is completely open for either spectating Smash 4 or Melee, or you can go to the fucking water park, Ace, which has a swim-up bar, Ace! Um, so, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, we're fucking grinding it out, answering questions, getting all this shit done. I've looked at pretty much every regional PR. I still got to do a few more. Uh, I want to message a few more people who are like, I want, if you guys hear this, and you want to message me about like, hey, this hidden boss from my region is going, and you probably haven't heard of him, and he's not ranked. Like, if you guys have footage, send me that. Last year, I spent dozens of man hours, I'll say, because I don't have a, like a lockdown number, studying underdogs and, and hidden bosses and all that shit. Watched a lot, a lot, a lot of footage of fucking people that you've never heard of. I hard seated 
top 64, like objectively what I thought it would be. I pretty like loosely seated top 128, which is like a lot. And then like obviously pot fillers, but like it's a fucking major. What are you going to do? But I made sure that every name that was in that 128 was a sensible name that I had at least watched. Like, two yeah. Did Project M break 300 yet for Smash Flash? I know registration is closing like super soon. Registration closes the 25th, so y'all got like a week. Uh, I don't know if we've broken 300 because I didn't check today. Uh, Swanner, you could message me on Facebook. Uh, that'd be sick. People are fucking spamming me out right now, and it's slowing my phone down, and I hate everyone I hate all of Dwy right now. Um, but, yeah, so we're working hard to bring you guys the best tournament we can. Um, obviously, there's situations like uh, LZ is registered, but he just got his surgery. I talked to him today. Uh, basically, I messaged him, and I said, I'm not going to allow him to play singles unless I get... Uh, written consent from his doctor and his mother uh just for the sake of i don't want a fucking kid dying at my tournament which would you kids fucking you cool. I don't want him dead. um could you imagine uh, after your flash two debacle you killed lz yeah, you had a heart attack. I swear it. Aggressively Italian. Um, Just like wiping. Your hands I, oh, but I'm like, like, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to cut you off. It, it it's rough, man. You on the LTE? I'm over here across the country. I, I apologize. Um, one thing I'll say that is um really interesting is like it seems like a lot of the major tournaments are getting their like specific vibe. Like I didn't know about about that. Like the fact that people are just sitting on the main stage during Smash Smash Two. And, like, that's really cool because, like, when I think about Supernova, all I can think about is, like, the crew battle and, like, having 100-plus people all huddled up around one setup and just being the loudest, most obnoxious human beings, which is, like, New York, New Jersey's kind of thing. And, like, yeah, that's really, really cool. Zoom. Yeah, and I think it's really cool that, like, every big, big PM event is starting to get its kind of, like, vibe. And, like, uh, you guys are at 280 entrants right now for Smash Flash 3. So... If you get 20 more, which, guys, like, that's that's more than doable. 20 more entrants for Smash Plus 3, it'll mean there will be uh, basically, like, back-to-back -back large events that'll have over 300 entrants for um, for PM, which is, I mean, think about last year and think about, like, what th this scene has gone through. That's actually insane. It, do it doesn't even actually make sense because the big joke was there's only really, like, 200 PM players left on the planet. And... <laughs> And that's pretty much it. You cap out at that. You can't go past it. So uh, it's pretty sick that uh, it's it's growing in, in the way it is. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see Smash and Splash. Obviously, bigger Balks coming up very soon. I'm, I can't wait to see what's going on with that. Um, Nova's toward the end of, or toward the middle of summer. Blacklisted three, which I, I'm telling you, you got to go to. I'm actually trying to get a, a room right now. Um, and then maybe we could do some commentary, bro. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, so, quick, I want to point out again something that's even more impressive to think about. Look at Bigger Balk's number. I don't know what their final number was, right? But they're in like the, the high 300s. Okay, they're at 307 and we're at 280. The crossover, I think, is less than 20 players. Like, back to back weeks, 
and the crossover is less than 20 players, and we have basically what I would call super major sizes for our game. Um, Wait, are you trying to tell me there's over 500 PM players on the planet? Dude, like guaranteed. that means I might be might be top 1,000 in Project M. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's, outside that's of that, by, that's by far the best that I've heard. I didn't. That puts it in a perspective that I think people need to understand. That's by far the best that I've heard. That that between the two events, there's only about 20 to 25 cross entrants. Both events are probably going to break 300 entrants. Bigger about broke 350, I think. So like. That is bananas. Like, that's, that's insane. That's a really, really cool thing. And, yeah, so Bigger Bell's at 373 Holy. That's, that's, yeah. that's insane. And, you, and, and, if, and if Smash Bros. breaks 300, which probably will, and you only have crossover, at most we'll say 50. If every single person that registers now is a crossover entrant. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Dude, if everyone... Um, Across, I'll fucking cream my jeans, dude. Are you serious? That'd be nuts. nuts. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna open up the Q and A, and uh, Jobo is gonna filter somebody. Because I see the meme questions already in chat, and I'm, I'm, I'm real not quick. About it. Fuck every single motherfucker in Dwight and every person messaging me on Facebook trying to kill my fucking phone. I hate all of you. All right, go. Okay. Obviously, they're not going to respond very well to that, and you're probably getting spammed right now. Um, can you guys stop spamming him for, like, Uncle Messi? Like, please, I just want to get through this podcast. And then after it's done, like, just send him pictures of my face, and it'll be great. Like, I'm all with it. Like, that's totally Send cool. nudes, dude. Send nudes, I'll trade. Trade? You're, yeah, I mean, dude, you're I'll over trade. it. Whatever. You're over it. Uh, like, it's all good. I don't want to go you only you only have the boyish look. It's um, true. Are we gonna yo Jobo? Come on, man! You got like you fell asleep. The Jobs. I know it, it's pretty it's pretty rough listening to us for this long. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure chat's all dead. Okay, here we go. Oh come on, man! Do you see that question? No, I can't see shit, dude. Fucking! I'm literally. You want me to screen cap what I'm seeing? You want to just come here and ask that question? Your question got posted up first. You didn't ask a question. I'm looking right at you, and I'm looking at your Twitter tab. Are you not not My roommate. My roommate asked a question. No, I did. That's so crazy. Oh, uh, it's from last week. That's so funny. Here comes Knox, guys. Be ready. Oh, it's gone already. See him. All right. Can you ask Pooch about the Brizara? It's an important value to the to us in the Midwest, and I feel like it should be talked about. What was the question? So oh, Briazo. Briazo. Fucking. It's an important value. Why is he? Okay, let me tell you about Briazo. Okay, have you ever had stuffed crust pizza? It's a simple question, uh, Messi. Mess, like yeah, yeah. I mean, from like Pizza Hut. Okay. Like Ten years ago. Take stuffed crust pizza, make it a deep dish, 
change the crust from like just like a fucking cheese stuffed to what is essentially a hot pocket. Okay. Right? You lost Scatter that you shit. Lost, oh, shit. You lost me a deep dish because if I wanted tomato soup in a bread bowl, I would just put tomato soup in a bread bowl. <laughs> See, I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> New York pizza. No, fuck you. <laughs> you bitch. Rest of New York, you're cool, especially switchy. Uh, <laughs> no, so. Dude, fuck you. Go to Big Bob's in. in uh, we would never I eat drove, pizza. Or, I would never eat pizza from a man named Bob. Are you joking me? Can we just. Look, Jovo, can we just get to. Ne- you know what? Actually, that, was, that question's been waiting for this question for a while. You're going to get to answer it because they've been waiting patiently for the entire episode. And after you answer how great this is, we'll move on to the next question, but it's blasphemous. Realistically, Briazzo's like an 8 out of 10. Maybe. That's, that's my answer. It's pretty good. Uh, Michigan, like, garlic butter is always good on everything. It's not Chicago pizza. It's Michigan. No, Briazzo is a pizza. It, okay. We went to go get We went to go get Briazzo at this place, which is only at one place. It's called Big Bob's, and that's the only place that has it. There was me, Connor, C Sharp, and uh, Drug Free Chew. Impromptu drove like three and a half hours to a Michigan tournament just to get this fucking pizza. We ordered the pizza and we're waiting for it. And the lady comes out to like let us know that it's almost done. She goes, it's on its second journey. And I was like, that's the most like spiritually awakening thing you could tell me about any kind of pizza. And I was like, fucking fully torqued, ready for this pizza. I'm looking it, was, at the it, was right. it was all right. All right. I'm looking at the picture of it right now. I'll tell you what will make it the perfect thing on the planet. I don't even think chat's ready. And I don't think you're ready. We need to put Big ZD in the middle. Oh my fucking god. That's it. Right? Right? Okay. Get to the next question, because there's nothing you can say after that. Fake ZD now, you fuck. Bro, I'm telling you. Tweet at us questions or direct message me a question, but not on Discord. Yeah, so something that I, I guess I mentioned at the beginning of the stream, and I know there's a lot of new faces in here now. Um, basically, if you want to ask questions to the stream, all you have to do is go on Twitter and then hashtag SMQA. makes it really, really easy. Uh, it'll pop up on the stream. We can go through that. Um, someone asked me what my opinion on Siegel was. The only Siegel I know plays Genji and plays Overwatch. That's my – I don't talk about players. No, nah, dude, I don't talk about players. So I, I will just refer to Siegel, which is a Genji – and he's the captain of Team America for Overwatch, and God bless USA. Siegel Joe right. is our Lord and Savior, and we made a I we made a uh, a monument to him in Minecraft. Why would you not? I um uh, actually, I think I saw a picture of it on Twitter. Yeah, dude, we put Gunner. Let me prop this up. Yeah, I did. I post everything on Twitter, dude. Twitter's gold. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you're fucking up. By the way. Um, oh, dude, Switch scroll. can't 
Switch can't chew me out on this for, for not adding him on Twitter until just now. Get fucked. Now you can't. Also, I definitely mm-hmm. thought I was following you. I unplugged my phone. Fuck me. Oh, my Everything's God. Going- <laughs> you only had 10 minutes left in the podcast. What are you doing? Hang on. I'm going to die. Oh, shit. Rob. Are we good? We have. I think we have questions coming in. My phone's my phone's buzzing. Top ten seagull shows. <laughs> I thought we were trying to be better at this, Joe. Well, I wish you guys. I wish you guys could hear him trying to slide this question in here. Trying to be. I all hate cute. blue. I hate blue. The, the the best part about this is like you guys don't hear Jobo, so he's like giggling to himself. Gosh, top ten seagull Joes. <laughs> he's just completely just shitting on all the good stuff we do. Yeah, we have. Oh, I dude. Know there's no so that, man. Big story. Oh, okay. Ripple Ripple asked a good question, but he didn't hashtag it because Twitter. Um, he cool. wants to know. Top eights for Big Balk and Smash and Splash predictions. Oh, man. My boy, not Gorilla, for sure. Uh, stay woke. I don't know, man. Fuck. I don't know what the entry list is. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't fucking care. Uh, I can't reveal what I think top eight will be uh, for Smash and Splash. I know that plus entry again. And I damn, I Sam entered as a birthday gift to me. He entered probably from Sam's or six, so now I'm no longer a top three Samus, which sucks. Let's pop and Sam exists again. Uh, Chilling dudes entering again. These are not people I think are going to get top. I think Plup Plup will get top eight. Um, Plup Hyper Flame. Do I have to go in order? No. I'm I'm, okay. I'm resolving so that eight. part. I'll say top eight for Smash's Flash will be something like. Flame Marshall, uh, Fresh. Um, Wait, what was the last Switch if he ends. Fresh. Fresh is going, you if you didn't know. You think, or you think Fresh can break top eight at Smash and Splash? Yeah, why not? Fuck you. Okay, no, no, I, I, because he's not a, for whatever reason, he's not a popular pick for top eight. He just isn't. People, people, I mean, like, he'll probably better than him. Okay. I just want to confirm. So, uh, People don't pick him for top eights. I don't, I don't get it. I kind of I fucking wish Sharks was going so we'd have all three like super good ice climbers. Shouts to whoever else plays ice climbers. You fucking suck. Um, you Ripple won't get top eight because Ripple sucks dick, so he won't definitely. Um, let's see. Who else? Who am I thinking of? I don't think Jim Bugs can get top eight. He sucks. Oh. Um, Soth, fucking watch out for Soth. Soth's gonna win both events. I think Soth's going to a bigger bulk at least. If he is, then he'll he'll win that, and he'll probably get top eight at Smash and Splash. Uh, XYK won't get top eight. He sucks. Uh, Professor Pro, he'll he'll be up there for sure. Dirt Boy and Anther, I could see both being in top eight. I don't know if Anther's going. I don't think he's registered yet. I'm just naming players, really. Fuck you. I'm not naming your top eight. Fuck that shit. I'm that game. I was just going to ask you, are you sure you're not just naming players? 
definitely um, just naming players. What I, am I, I going to do? I'm not fucking bring over here like a fucking sack of shit and then open up my laptop and look at the entrances. I'm not doing that. Um, I, oh, I like your little chili pepper necklace. So Italian. It's a um, cello, baby. Let's go. I know what it is. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, so I don't know the list for Smash Flash as much as I do for Bigger Valk because now that you gave me that stat that basically the cross entrants are less than like 30 players, it completely blew my mind. And I realized like I probably don't know a single player going to Smash Flash with the exception of Junebug because that's insane. Um, for bigger yeah. Valk, I think, I think you're going to see a lot of parody. I, it, there's going to be, I think East coast and West coast are going to do the same thing they did Olympus. I think they're going to have three reps on each side. Um, and I think I want switch to win really badly because this would be an event at a crazy large scale for him that I think will solidify where he's at. Because Shuffle, as good as it was and as well ran as it was, it still only had about 120, 130 entries. And then all of a sudden you get a bigger ballot with 300 plus and you win that. It it changes the entire talk around you. That being said, there's some real killers out there. And uh, I don't know how many players playing a fastballer and playing something that can get kind of punished super hard can make it that far. Through that many, that's a gauntlet, dude, for a fast faller. Um, yeah, or just a gauntlet in general for people that like. If, if your character is just super susceptible to being punished like that, I don't know. Um, and being gimped, I know, I know, Wolf's recovery is insane, but like you could still kill him at low percentages if you play it right. Um, so I, I think Switch will break top eight. Um, I think Gallo has a really, really huge chip on his gigantic shoulder, so that's like three times larger than the normal chip. Uh, because he'll be the first person to admit it. And he did last week that he's playing like absolute like trash. Um, and he wants to probably come out. Like Gallo, Gallo shines at like big events, like events like this where there's like nothing really, like he'll probably get disrespect seated at everything too. And he'll be like, I got to beat everybody up. Um, so obviously Sosa is going to be in it. I pray to God that Venom doesn't go anywhere near top eight. I can't handle his personality on Facebook. Um, it's too Yo, much. Venom is actually the worst player of all time, and I'm so excited for the day that I meet that man give him the hands. I am going to beat that man ass in Smash Brothers so bad. He's such a fucking fun. Best, I mean, best way. I mean, but in the Jay, best you, way, you, I think you're absolute trash. I can't wait to beat you, and you're great. Falcon, and that's about it, my friend. <laughs> uh, welcome to every fucking Falcon player ever. I have no respect for those players. Dark is actually scary, though. Dark is the scary. Dark and none. That's the only two I'm scared of. Everyone else can s- suck a fat one. You all suck. Come at me. I, I money. I will money match every single Falcon player. Any any amount of money. There it is. Um, Pooch for more questions. <laughs> At that smash. Wait, what's up? I'm sorry. You, your internet's been rough lately for like the last couple minutes. Um, Pooch, how do you think you will place? Who do you? Oh wait, wait. I'm sorry. How do you think you will place? Who do you both think will win the tournament? Also, doubles predictions, and that, I'm assuming that's for Smash and Splash. 
Um, it's pretty stacked right now. I I don't know enough about the. I can see myself. If I played out of my fucking mind and the best I've ever played, I could see myself getting like seventeenth. I don't really see myself getting higher than that realistically at this point. Uh, Who do I think is going to win everything? It depends on who ends up going at the end of it all. Uh, I I know Switch is a uh, compendium goal after we unlock the um, uh, crew battle. So if he ends up going, obviously he's really high in contention for it. I can see Marshall taking it. Um, Professor Pro, eh, Professor Pro sucks too much. He won't take it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. Soth, I really do feel like he could do it. I think Soth's actually the strongest player in the Midwest. Um, and the, the more people see him, I think the more people recognize that he's just actually a fucking monster. Undeniably the best Ivysaur at this point. Uh, crazy punish game. Guy's nuts. Uh, watch out for him. As far as doubles goes, I don't... No, because I haven't started seeding doubles yet, because doubles is typically easier to seed. So I'm doing that after singles gets really, really hashed out. Uh, I know Ripple said he was teaming with Hyperflame. That's probably going to be a pretty strong team. Uh, if they're point teams with Anther, that's probably also up there. I don't know. Uh, Midwest is generally pretty strong at teams in general. Uh, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if the champion team had at least one Midwest player on it, I think. Is definitely uh, always been kind of a top contender in doubles. That's kind of our thing. So yeah, I don't know. Outside of that, but I'm not. I doubt I'll place higher than 17th. And even then, that's that would be fucking miraculous for me. So I think, and this will be kind of out there. I I think one of the cool storylines that'll go into it is Junebug coming back. I think Junebug has been playing a ton of. Uh, other Smash games, and he's been getting really, really good and improving in his region in Melee. And I think he'll come back, kind of have a different mental state toward it, and it wouldn't actually surprise me if Jumug won. It wouldn't, because he, he he's a really, 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 really amazing player. And I think what he I think what ended up happening with Jumug is toward the end of it, he was just doing too much. Like there were just so many events, and he was at every like look at the circuit. He was at every single damn event. And I think it kind of yeah, got just to right. Yeah, I think he just ran out of steam. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Junebug took a break, which he did. Got really good at Melee, which he was probably good at. I mean, he's good at it anyway. But, like, he improved on his fundamental stuff in that game, transfers it over, and just goes back to playing and playing at a super high level and has a chance to win everything. And it would actually be really, really cool because I would love to see how that shapes everything because MDVA, once Junebug kind of went away, you don't talk about them with the exception of Hyperfun. Like, you don't, you don't bring them up anymore in conversation the way you used to because of Siegel kind of going away, and then Junebug is just, like, not there anymore. So it's always good to have more and more regions kind of step up their game. And obviously, if you throw Junebug into the equation, he, he can help kind of uh, weigh it out better for MPVA. So um, I think we're I think we're good. I think we're done. All right. Sick. You want to, like, you want to awkward silence out? 